0: This is Derek McCaw, Editor-in-Chief of FanboyPlanet.com. And this is the Fanboy Planet Podcast. It's just a little different than our usual episodes. Podcast producer Rick Bretschneider has been busily working on a lot of things with Worldcon, including discovering the secret identity of Sansa Stark. If you see him next week, ask him. And uh, I have also had a difficult time juggling schedule and activities and so we just could not meet up this week and instead we thought we'd offer up a special interview episode as we still had some interviews from comic-con we're going to put one in here and we're going to uh i'm going to talk a little bit about some news of this week because it's updates on previous episodes conversations and then we're out so shorter than usual Although my introduction is as long as usual. So, uh, without further ado, this episode, week's episode is brought to you by Worldcon, and here you go.
1: Ah. Worldcon is returning to San Jose, California. What is Worldcon? The 76th World Science Fiction Convention is the World's Fair of Science Fiction. Writers, readers, and fans from around the globe will converge on the San Francisco Bay Area this August to mingle, read, write, play, geek out, and celebrate all aspects of science fiction, fantasy, gaming, costuming, and more. The highlight of the weekend will be the presentation of the Hugo Awards on Sunday evening. For more information, visit WorldCon76.org to join the thousands of attending members in San Jose from August 16th to the 20th, 2018. You can get the latest from WorldCon76 on Twitter at WorldCon2018 and on Facebook at WorldCon76.
0: And, of course, you are listening to the Fanboy Planet podcast on your favorite podcatcher. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podcast Pickle, And many others. So please, if your favorite podcatcher does not actually carry the Fanboy Planet podcast and you don't want to listen to it from the website, fanboyplanet.com, then please tell your favorite podcatcher that you'd like to have us. We'd like to have them. Why not? And, of course, if uh, we talk about anything on this week's episode that you would like to own for your very own, and you cannot find it at your local brick-and-mortar store, then by all means, please help support Fanboy Planet through uh, Amazon, each and every page of fanboy planet podcast as well as the fanboy planet website has an amazon search box sometimes there are direct links to things that we have talked about but all of it gives us a slight remuneration kickback as affiliates of amazon as well as affiliates of think geek so you can go there through the ads on fanboy planet and any order you make through there will also be Write a little bit back to us as well, so we thank you for that. If you'd just like to help defray the cost, support us in hosting a podcast and a website, you can go to PayPal at editor at fanboyplanet.com. Also, if you have any questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism, write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. I will read your letters on the air. Or your comments on Facebook, if you'd like to follow us there. It is, of course, at fanboyplanet.com as well as tweet us, at fanboyplanet, and follow us on Instagram, at fanboyplanet. You're probably sensing the pattern. Anyway, uh, let let me get to it. It, uh, Our last interview, well, our next interview from Comic-Con was, I love going through Artist's Alley and discovering a new book or new artist that I'd never considered before or never heard of before, but something about their work just totally draws me in. And this was the case with this guy, Sean Manning. He's actually a writer, not an artist, but he had a new book that had come out. Uh, he had kickstarted it, got it out there, and now they're looking into distribution. It's called The Red King. And it is the true history of the King of Scotland that we know as Macbeth through Shakespeare. And so he talked about his inspiration with me and his desire to tell the true story. So please uh, enjoy this interview with writer Sean Manning. We are in Artist's Alley. I'm talking with Sean Manning, who is the caught my eye uh, with, a, with a comic book adaptation or interpretation of the Scottish play called Macbeth, The Red King. And so let me start by, by asking that. What, is, what draws you to this material?
1: Um, well, I was in a production of uh, Macbeth in college. I was uh, I was a soldier, so basically my my entire role was just to get killed uh, over and over by the major characters. But you know that gave me some time to talk with some of the students who were who are studying the, the play, the dramaturgy students, and they they had mentioned like, oh yeah, every you know everyone in this play was a real historical person except for uh, Banquo and Fleance, and that made me think like, well that's interesting because they're so central to the play. And so I'd been thinking of doing, um, of looking into the history and doing my own take on um, this, this real-life king. And the more I found, you know, the more th- that story is something entirely different and also just really, really fascinating. Um, so yeah, my my book is uh, actually not an interpretation of or uh, uh, of a, adaptation of Shakespeare. It's an original story based on uh, historical sources, um, telling a, a story in which Macbeth is basically the hero. And you bring up a
0: really good point. Most of the time, people know him through yeah, the yeah. play, but really ruled for 17 years? Yeah,
1: yeah, about 17 years. And, I mean, there's so much interesting about that because, I mean, you know, all of these events were happening about a thousand years ago. And when Shakespeare was writing, they were, they, it was it was still 500-some years after the fact. So it's not like, you know, and Shakespeare's sources were, you know, he basically had two, two sources that he went to. One of them may have made up the Banquo character... Uh, And even that, like Banquo was was, uh, helped Macbeth kill Duncan in the source, in the source material. So Shakespeare had his own agenda. And so, I mean, one of the things that I think uh, this book can do is show, you know, help people think about how we tell how we tell stories of the past, who gets to tell the story, and and, you know how you choose what to put into a story. Um, So, I mean, I'm not saying that mine is is the true Macbeth, but it's another Macbeth. It's another it's another portrait. And, you know, I certainly invented a lot of stuff because there's simply there's simply not enough information, reliable information about his life, but what we do know uh, paints a very different picture from what Shakespeare did. And the, uh, you are just triggering
0: interesting question, after, or at least to me, interesting sure, question. Sure, after sure. Interesting question. What, you know, as a writer, uh, you've done Star Wars, and you've uh-huh. got a graphic novel uh, called Interesting Drug from Archaea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, know what do you see in the role as the artist in society shakespeare managed i mean he was commenting on his time yeah really yeah but he's using a 500 year old story yeah and in the meantime we lost who the real like that was yeah so you know, what do you think of the power of of the writer and your place in that power
1: no i think i mean i think there's a lot uh there's a lot the writers can do which is which is really interesting because if you think about even you know we're in this this massive like Golden age of television right now, and that's you know somebody's got to make those things up. Somebody's you know there's uh, you know the writers and the actors and everyone uh, are, are are telling stories that you know millions of people are engaging with, and and so what story do you choose to tell? You're given this you're given this opportunity to say something. You know what do you say? And not everything has to be profound. I mean sometimes you just want to do stupid things. Like I mean I, I'm working on a couple i've got i i'm working on a couple of things right now that are just just pure fun ridiculous you know horrible black humor about uh, terrible people but but i mean uh but i mean but but there is there is so much that you that you can do and i think the best way to do it is to not be you know to not wear your agenda on your sleeve um because I, I, that that's something that loses me right away um because it's like even if I agree with a perspective, I'm just not interested in being lectured to. Um, and so, what I, you know, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to teach you about history necessarily. I am telling a story that will also teach you about history and will also hope, hopefully make you think about how history is is uh, performed.
0: Now, uh, you mentioned playing a soldier and getting killed over and over. How did that feel as, a, as an actor on stage to be the uh, fodder one
1: two three four? Oh my God, it was brilliant. Uh, we had a we had a kind of running joke in the play. You know, there's the, there's the line. Um, it's like I, I cannot strike at Richard uh, at Richard Kerns, and we we had decided that he was actually referring to a character called Richard Kearns, which was me. Um, and uh, so yeah, I just got beat up a bunch. But there, there was one night during um, during performance. You know, we had these. We all had, like, uh, stage combat training, and we were using weapons that were not real weapons. Like, they were made in the prop shop, but, you know, they uh, there was, like, pole axes and, uh, um, and swords, and they were sharp. And so the things kept breaking, and they'd have to be replaced, um, w- which was fine, until one night um, during performance, uh, my parents are in the audience. I'm, you know, I'm the lowly soldier. All I've got is the bow staff. And so I, I bring it up to block uh, the Thane of Ross... And it snaps over my head, <laughs> and so, uh, and so. Thankfully, Ross uh, had had the sense of mind to just like, you know, hold the sword over my head menacingly, rather than carry through with his motion. Uh, and so I, was, like, in character, just like looking up and it ran off stage. Uh, there's the <laughs> curse of the play, I guess, in action. On, it. Well thank you. Looking yeah. forward to reading
0: this yeah, book Thanks. Once again, thank you, Sean. And I also wanted to give a quick update on a couple of different stories that we have talked about several times on the podcast. Well, one several times, one we just talked about last week, which, uh, first of all, Disney's Streaming Service, or as the industry is affectionately calling it, Disney Flicks, uh, Disney CEO Bob Iger did make a presentation to investors this week and talk about it. There'll be nothing harder than PG-13 fare and anything that's R rated and i'm assuming that will include Deadpool and any other X-Men associated films or even some Marvel uh associated films that might be harder as there were rumors of of, of others as you know we have Deadpool Deadpool 2 and Logan are all rated R there was talk about developing some Marvel projects that way before uh before the Fox purchase was created anything there that's R rated will likely show up on Hulu, because once that purchase goes through, with uh, of Disney taking on Fox, that means that they will own sixty percent of Hulu. So that will become a streaming service for their R-rated films, Fox films, Alien, Predator, and uh, and its <laughs> versus Predator, as well as Fox Searchlight, some of their more adult fare uh, or more mature fare, I'd, I'd rather call it. And uh, so. What Disney will have is they promised that the John Favreau live-action Star Wars series, they have several several new projects coming. They're going to lean on Pixar, of course, with... Uh, there's going to be a Monsters, Inc., or Monsters University, more likely, uh, animated series. Of course, we're going to get the Clone Wars back, the animated series of Clone Wars, one final season there from the streaming service. They did not announce a price yet, but they did say, or Bob Iger did admit... They're going to be lighter on content, possibly for a little while, than Netflix, so they don't feel like they should be charging as much as Netflix does. What that actually means, I don't know. But because of previous deals for the Star Wars saga, any film made after 2019 that is in the Star Wars universe, released theatrically, can show up on Disney flicks, for lack of a better term right now. But, Star Wars itself, and the... Episodes one through nine will not show up until uh, until a deal a previously existing deal expires, possibly in 2025. So they will not be in the initial lineup of the streaming service. We also uh, need to talk about a little bit that uh, there's been even greater support for James Gunn, and it's only fun to throw out worth speculating that Disney has not finished. ...figuring out what they're going to do with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3... ...if they're going to use James Gunn's screenplay. I've seen articles both ways saying insiders say they're not going to use the screenplay. Insiders say they are going to use the screenplay. Dave Bautista said at the very least they'd better use the screenplay... ...but I don't know what Bautista's weight actually is in this. But what has also come out today is that several studios... ...and they will not go on the record are interested in James Gunn and, as they say, would hire him in a heartbeat. So, it would be fun to speculate, and that is, at this point, only speculation because James Gunn is, as a creator, as a filmmaker, not in play. He has to work out what's going to happen with Disney, but Warner Brothers, and specifically with the DC Films, is interested, and so we can think about, hmm, what is uh, Warner Brothers' Going, what would they do with James Gunn? What, where would he fit in the DC universe, or as a Comic Con they officially renamed this Worlds of DC? Where does he fit? We'll talk about that uh, on a later episode. We'll be talking about many of the things. I'm, I'm going to skip what's in the bag because it's not fair uh, that Rick can't tell me what's in his bag. So that's part of the conversation, the push and pull. And so we'll talk more about comics news, movie news, TV news, and, of course, if you're at Worldcon, tweet us, let us know. Rick's going to be there a lot, I'm going to be there some, and we hope to see you there if that's where you'll be. So thank you for listening. The next episode will be regular-ish for us. And uh, this is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com, reminding you to use your powers for good.